Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Amen, amen. Good to see everybody today. Hope the sick bug is not at your house. Last week, the sick bug got a lot of folks. I think the rain got a lot of folks, too. I didn't know we were scared of rain in Virginia, but last week, apparently, we were. Maybe the humidity got a couple other folks. I don't know. (laughs) It's good to see you guys today. I'm glad to be in church, glad to be in the house of the Lord. Um, Also want to give a shout-out to my daughter, Lindsay. Today's her 24th birthday. Happy birthday. That's two birthday shout-outs. Anybody else got a birthday today? Raise your hand. Anybody want to pretend like today's your birthday so the restaurant will give you a free dessert? Go to the Mexican place, get to wear the hat, get the fried ice cream, get the off-key singing. It's great, isn't it? Amen. Well, I just want to say welcome. We're in our sermon series called God's Top Ten, a study of the Ten Commandments and how they still relate to our lives. Y'all enjoying this series? I know I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Well, today we're going to go to command number four and how it applies to our lives. Exodus chapter 20, and let's go to verse 8. If you have your Bibles, turn there. If you don't, you can look at the Bible on the screen. Amen. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 says, To remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days a week are set apart for your daily duties and regular work. But the seventh day is a day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any kind of work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. Then he rested On the seventh day, that is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. So today I'm going to teach on this subject and have a really uh, uh, amazing title, Remember the Sabbath. (laughs) Remember the Sabbath. And by the way, if you were not here last week, laying all jokes aside, make sure you listen to last week's message uh, uh, on the app, on the website, whatever. It was about not taking the name of the Lord in vain, and I guarantee you it might not be what you think it is. So make sure you listen to that message, amen? So let's talk about the Sabbath. What is the Sabbath? Now the word Sabbath simply means a day of rest or to cease. The Bible says that the first six days were good, but the Bible said that the seventh day was holy, or in other words, It was separate or separated. And the Lord literally separated the seventh day. He separated that day from the other six days. And for God's Old Covenant, Old Testament people, for a few thousand years, they celebrated the Sabbath in a way that was absolutely devoted. It was the centerpiece of their week. 
Life orbited around it. Uh, commerce orbited around it. Worship orbited around it. It was essential. It was central. And I don't know if any of you have any uh, Jewish friends that still keep the Sabbath in a devout and a strict way. But if you do, you know it is not a joke to them. They take it very seriously. They are not going to use any electricity. I'm talking about the hardcore Sabbath keepers. They're not going to use. They're going to use candles, or they're going to leave the lights on from the night before. They're not going to eat any food that they uh, uh, that they had to cook that day because they had to prep it the day before to make sure they weren't doing any work. Uh, they're not going to travel a long distance. Even some who are very devout, they will not even open their refrigerator to get a snack unless they have taken the light bulb out. Because if you open the door and the light bulb turns on, that could be a violation of the Sabbath. Now, did you know, and you may not even know this, in some large cities, but all over uh, cities in Israel, they have something called Sabbath elevators. Anybody know what a Sabbath elevator is? No, a few of you do. You know what it is. In Israel, there are buildings that have elevators And on the Sabbath day, they are programmed to stop at every single floor going up and coming down so that the riders do not have to push the buttons for that floor on the Sabbath day. Amen. (laughs) Yeah. Now, you know what's really funny? I haven't been there, but I heard a pastor talking about this one time. And he said he went to a building, and the Sabbath elevator lines was way backed up. There was nobody for the regular elevator. He said, what's going on? And he said, is the uh, other one broken? And he said, no, the other one's not broken, but it's a regular elevator, and everybody's using the Sabbath elevator. He said, well, I'm a Gentile, so I'm going to use the regular one. So he went, and he says he opened up the elevator doors, and all of a sudden all these people from the Sabbath one ran, and they jumped on with him. And they all said, uh, could you push number four, please? Number eight, please. Number ten. And he told them, he said, so it's not okay for you to push it, but it's okay for you to get a heathen to push the door, the, the elevator number. That's some hardcore Sabbath keeping, right? So, really, it raises all kinds of questions to us. Should we observe the Sabbath day? Man, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to answer some questions for you today that some of you have probably been asking your entire Christian life. And if so, on what day and in what way? How does it apply to us? Does it not apply to us? There are lots of questions that emerge from the fourth commandment. So here's what I'm going to do, just to give you a setup here of what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to answer a couple of questions first for the first half of my sermon. And then the second half, I'm going to talk to you about how we can still apply the Sabbath to our lives. Is that all right? Okay. So let's unpack this together by first digging into a couple of questions. Here's the first one that always comes up. Is Saturday or Sunday the Sabbath? Now, You may not know this, but the Muslim Sabbath is Friday. The Jewish Sabbath is Saturday. The Christian Sabbath, for most Christians, is Sunday. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 2 says, God worked six days, and on the seventh day he rested. Now, what was the seventh day? This isn't a trick question. It was Saturday. The seventh day on the Hebrew calendar was Saturday. Now, for thousands of years, God's people in the Old Covenant, they ceased their labors. They worshiped their God on Saturday. What day is today, though? 
Sunday, thank you. Now, again, not a trick question. Today actually is Sunday. Now, so the question is, are we doing this right or wrong? Why do Christians have Sunday? And then if you've got some Jewish friends or, or maybe Seventh-day Adventist friends, or actually I have some Christian friends that are not Seventh-day Adventists, but they observe Saturday as their Sabbath day. And they'll say it is Saturday, it's always been Saturday, it's always going to be Saturday. I'm going to tell you, they, they're really serious about it. Even the Christian friends are. Uh, it was always Saturday, but hear me, everything changed when Jesus came. Not just with the Sabbath, everything. Ultimately, Jesus goes to the cross, he dies in our place for our sins, he rises on our, uh, as our Savior on a Sunday. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, each of the four biographies that tell the story of Jesus' life, say that he rose from the death on, quote, unquote, the first day of the week. First day of the week, that's Sunday. Now, in the Jewish calendar, even now, it's the first day of the week. Sunday is. On our calendar, the Gregorian calendar, which has evolved from the Roman calendar, first day of the week is Sunday. John, in the book of Revelation, called it the Lord's Day. So it's the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now again, I'm going to answer questions first, then we're going to get into application later. The early church started meeting not on Saturday. I'm talking about the New Testament church, but they started meeting on Sunday. Acts chapter 20 verse 7 gives us one of those occasions. It says, on the first day of the week. Everybody know now what was that first day of the week? Sunday. And so the old covenant is fulfilled The new covenant has come. Everything that was anticipatory and preparatory for the coming of Jesus is now satisfied in the resurrection of Jesus. And and the whole world is changing. Everything around them is changing. Everything is new. And they needed a new day to represent the new reality that was brought into being through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So now it shifts to Sunday, the day of worship. So is Saturday or Sunday the Sabbath? Well, for us, everybody say for us. It's Sunday. The Sabbath day was, generally speaking, on Saturday until the Roman Emperor Constantine allegedly converted. And there is some controversy about that, by the way. He was the ruler of the Roman Empire, which was the most powerful nation on the earth. And he then took Christianity from being forbidden to being legalized. All this happened around 321 A.D. And Constantine declared that Sunday was going to be the new day off, the new Sabbath day. So it shifted in the Roman Empire from Saturday, which the Jews adhered to, to Sunday, which now the Roman nation adhered to. So, again, is Sunday the seventh day of the week or the first day of the week? Well, not to get it too complicated, it really depends on where you live. (laughs) For most of the world, it's the seventh day of the week. On our calendars, it's the first day of the week. Not to be confused with our work week. But don't, I don't want anybody to get lost in the weeds on this, hear me. The idea is not, is the Sabbath day Saturday or Sunday or Friday? The idea is one day out of seven. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. I don't want you to miss that. We got to be thankful, by the way, because you and I live in a blessed time. Did you know, and I didn't know this until I started studying this this week, did you know that the five-day work week is only about 100 years old in our country? We get two days a week off when it used to be a six-day work week, usually a seven-day work week, and even God decreed that we're to work six days and be off one day. So guess what? 
Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. We get double days off a week than what God even said we had to. And that doesn't include vacation. <laughs> Amen? So we're blessed. So is it Saturday or Sunday? It just depends. Now, here's the next question, though, and this is the most important one. Is the Sabbath still binding on us as Christians? Now, there's Ten Commandments. Nine of them, if you read your Bible and you, you do a little study on nine of them are mentioned expressly and specifically and repeated in the New Testament, but there is one curious omission. You know what it is? The fourth commandment, the Sabbath, the one I'm talking about here today. So, is it still binding or not? Well, even Jesus himself broke the Sabbath. As a matter of fact, there are at least six times in the New Testament Jesus is specifically accused of having broken the Sabbath. Pharisees were constantly getting on to him. Let me just give you one such example, John chapter 5. He healed a man on the Sabbath, and the Pharisees actually got mad at the lame man for taking, read the story, for taking up his bed and walking on the Sabbath day. They said he was working. First time in 38 years the man had been able to get up and walk. He picks up his bed and they're like, ah! <laughs> There's always somebody standing around waiting to go, ah! By the way, don't you be the ah person, amen? Don't be that person. 38 years. Now check this out. They ask, matter of fact, let's go to the Bible. Look at these verses. John chapter 5, verse 8. Jesus told him, the lame guy, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. Everybody say, oh. <laughs> verse 10. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. Verse 11, but he replied, the man who healed me told me pick up your mat and walk. How about that? So guess what they said, verse 12. Who said such a thing as that? So now... They go from, you can't work on the Sabbath. Dude's not working. Dude is walking, amen? I mean, he hadn't walked in 38 years. And so they get mad at him. Then he goes, hey, well, the guy that healed me said it's okay. And they go, well, who told you it was okay? John chapter 5. Let's skip ahead to verse 16. So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. And then look what Jesus said. But Jesus replied. By the way, anytime you read in your Bible and it says, but Jesus replied, listen. <laughs> okay, because probably something important is about to be said. But Jesus replied, my father is always working. And so am I. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. Why? Because he not only broke the Sabbath, but now he's, un he's un elevated the game. He called God his father thereby making himself equal with God. Now, not only is he a Sabbath breaker, he's made himself equal to God. Now, folks, it seems impossible to me that God would have intended that people keep the letter of the Sabbath law 
when not only did Jesus break it repeatedly, but you read your Bible, all of Paul's epistles, all of his writings say nothing about any Sabbath day violations that are going on in the church. And Paul wrote about a lot of violations. Paul wrote about a lot of stuff that the church was doing wrong. In fact, Paul actually says just the opposite. Look, take Colossians chapter 2, where Paul was speaking specifically to the issue of Sabbath days and special events like that that people were commemorating. Now, I'm not going to take time to give you the, whole, the total context because we don't have time today. But look at what Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 says. Don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. Paul said, don't let anybody make you or not make you do anything regarding these days. Don't let anybody condemn you for celebrating or not celebrating holy days or ceremonies or Sabbaths. And then again in Romans 14, 5-6, look what Paul says about this. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced, here it is, whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor Him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. He's talking about meat offered to idols here. He's talking about several different things. But at the end of the day, Paul is saying, you need to choose whatever day you choose is acceptable. Whatever day. He says, you've got to be fully persuaded in your own mind. Folks, that's in the book. So in other words... If Saturday's your day, that's fine. If Sunday is your day, that's fine. Let me go on to say this too. In today's world, people get off on all different days. The Monday through Friday work week, although it's the most common, it's certainly not exclusive anymore. People work all kinds of different days of the week. A lot of people get two days off. Some people get one day off. Some of you, you get your days off during the week. Sometimes it's on the weekend. Sometimes you work uh, flexible shifts and it changes. That is fine. Don't miss this. What God is saying, and I love how the New Testament evolves. It's talking about who we worship more than when we worship. Amen. It's more about that we observe a day for rest and renewal than arguing over what day it is. So nowhere in the New Testament do we all have, uh, do we all have the same Sabbath day regulations transferred over to Sunday. Sunday became the voluntary day of rejoicing and praise and gratitude because it was the day that Jesus resurrected. That's why they picked it. Remember what Jesus said, Matthew 5, 17. Look. He said, don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writing of the prophets. Notice, he he said, I didn't come to abolish it. I came to accomplish their purpose. I came to accomplish their purpose. Jesus said, "I I didn't come to just cast the law aside. I came to fulfill it. I am the fulfillment of the law. So here's how it works for you and I. God becomes a man. Jesus lives a perfect life without sin in full. By the way, how many of you believe that Jesus was without sin? Y'all believe he was without sin? Okay, then you have to reconcile that with the fact that he broke the Sabbath six times. So either that was a sin or it wasn't a sin, amen? All right, there we go. 
But he goes to the cross, he substitutes himself, he suffers and he dies in our place for our sins as our Savior. He rises from the dead on Sunday, he gives us his righteousness. Jesus obeyed the law and he paid the ultimate price for my sin. And Jesus says it this way, come unto me all you are burdened and heavy laden and I will give you what? Rest. I will give you Sabbath. I will. He says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, and in me you will find rest, Sabbath for your soul. Our rest today is in Jesus. Jesus fulfills the law, we rest in Christ. He is our Savior, He is our Sabbath. So the day is no longer binding upon us, but hear me, there are principles of Sabbath that are still wise for you and I to observe today. With the law being fulfilled, I've told you this before, every law might not have a specific uh, 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 carryover, but every law has a principle behind it. So it's less about law, commandment number four, and it's more about wisdom. It's less about you have to do this, and it's more about you get to do this. That this is a smart thing to do. Amen. Does that make sense to everybody? So what we need to do, we need to discover the, the significance of Sabbath and understand the way that God created us. In order for you and I to function successfully, we've got to understand the principles of the Sabbath and we've got to apply them to our lives. So now I want to talk to you about application. Let's talk about the principles of Sabbath that we need to apply to our lives. I'm going to give you three of them. Are you ready? Here's the first one. It's already there. Rest. Everybody say rest. Take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. So we can see this clearly spelled out. I want to talk to you about rest. Genesis 2, 1 through 3. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished His work of creation, so He rested from all His work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Here we find God is creating, and then the Bible says he does what? He rests. Now you'll notice in the passage that we read from Exodus, the fourth commandment, it says he rested. Now it's important for us to understand, hear me, God did not rest because he was tired. God don't get tired, amen? God didn't rest because he was tired. He rested because God was emphasizing right from creation that there is a principle of one day in seven that we need to observe. God was so serious about building this principle into the very fabric of the universe that he himself said, I rested on the seventh day after working six. Now, another thing I want to point out from this passage, I'm not going to preach about this today, is the flip side of that equation. Notice the other side to that fourth commandment. It says that God worked. Everybody say amen. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, but the rest of the commandment says, six days thou shalt labor. Everybody say work. Did you know work is a gift from God? Work is a gift from God. Well, you might say, well, I thought work came after uh, came about because of the fall of man. Nope. Work is mentioned in Genesis chapter 2 before the curse was mentioned in Genesis 3. Look at Genesis 2.15. It says, The Lord took the man, Adam, and put him in the Garden of Eden. What? To work it and take care of it. Everybody say work it. 
work it. Amen. Put him in the garden to work it and to take care of it. So guess what? I don't want to move off of this too quick, but I want to remind you, God expects people to work. Look at your neighbor and say he's talking to you right now. God expects us to work. Now, I'm talking about rest, but don't miss this. Work keeps you out of trouble. Work builds character. Work puts food on your table, amen. Work makes you appreciate the favor and the blessings of the Lord. Work is built into the very fabric of our life. So you know what God says? He says, I worked, you need to work. But then he said, I rested, you need to rest. Rest is a blessing from God. There's a lot of people who will work themselves to death if they're given a chance. I want to talk to some of y'all today. Some of you might go home and say, I love that sermon. That's the nap sermon, amen. God says six days you work and then you rest one day. Did you know your body is built in a way that it needs at least one day of rest out of seven? To the modern mind, downtime seems ludicrous to us, doesn't it? Listen to what Bill Gates once said. He said this about taking a day off on Sunday. This is what Bill Gates said. Just in terms of allocation of time and resources, religion is not very efficient. There's a lot more I could be doing on a Sunday morning. Bill Gates had it wrong. God says, this isn't a suggestion. I am commanding you. Take a day off every week. I don't want you, your children, your servants, your animals, or your guests to work on the Sabbath day. God's making it clear in His Word that for human beings to function well over the long haul, to maintain an attitude of joy and peace, a positive perspective toward God, toward other people, uh, to maintain our physical and emotional health, health we've got to break our weekly routines up with rest. Now, some of you might, some of you are going to love what I'm talking about right now. Some of you don't love it, but you know what? There's nothing glorious or boastful about working yourself to death. I want to talk to all the workaholics right now, amen? I remember when I used to work construction, we used to have what we called shutdowns. Anybody know what a shutdown is? I worked in a factory, and we would have shutdowns where they would literally shut down parts of the factory, so that meant all hands on deck, 24 hours a day, we got to replace the equipment, change something out, do something. We got to minimize the downtime so we can get it back up and running. It was called shutdown. And, you know, we would work 16-hour days. I worked almost an hour from home, so I would get up at 5 o'clock. I would drive to work. I would work till 11.30 p.m. I'd get home at 12.30 a.m., and then I would, go to, I would get back up at 5 and do it all over again. And we would do this sometimes for a week at a time. Now, guess what else shut down besides the factory? We are not designed. God did not create us to be that way. If that's what God wanted, he would have made a bunch of robots. Amen? Our bodies require rest. Statistics show us that after approximately 40 hours of work, our concentration levels drop, uh, our mistakes increase, morale begins to take a nosedive, amen. Now, I've worked my 50s and 60 and 70-hour weeks. I've done it many, many, many times. But hear me, you cannot sustain that long term. Amen. Can't do it. God doesn't want you to do it. Workaholics, here comes the rain. Don't anybody leave, it's raining. Can you tell I'm a little sensitive about this right now? <laughs> if you were here last week, you know what I'm talking about. 
Amen. Oh, my God, it's raining. Are they going to close the schools? <laughs> Workaholics lead the charts in work-related disorders such as high blood pressure, premature heart attacks. And, guys, the, if we refuse to cease from our labors, you're eventually going to break down. And your body, more than just your bodies need, need a break, too. Many people experience the emotional stress that accompanies a schedule filled with too many people, too many demands. Now, we all know there's times in life, there's seasons in life where we all got to just buck up and we got to get it done, right? Everybody knows sometimes you got to get off the couch, you got to get your grind on, and you got to do more than what you normally do. And in those times, you just got to man up or woman up, and you got to do what you got to do. Everybody say amen. But you can't live your life that way. You can't live your life that way. And unwillingness to take a day off is basically saying, I am so important that the whole world depends on me. Because here's the big idea. If you don't take a break, you will break. If you don't take a Sabbath voluntarily, you're going to take one involuntarily. You know what it's called? Stress, depression, ulcers, burnout, heart attack, high blood pressure, hospitalization. See, the question is not, are you going to stop? The question is, are you going to stop joyfully or painfully? Are you going to stop willfully or unintentionally? Are you going to drive yourself into the ground? And by the way, you know what else I've noticed? People who drive themselves, you're also driving your spouse. You're driving your kids. If you're the boss, you're driving your employees. If you're a parent, you're going to drive those kids. Rest takes care of physical fatigue. But we also need to take care of emotional fatigue. Everybody say rest. Quit beating yourself up for not resting. Can I just, before I move off of this point, I used to feel guilty when I rested. Jesus never felt guilty. I can't remember where it is in the Bible. They're, they're in the boat. There's a storm going on. They're all upstairs freaking out. They got buckets and they're sloshing water over the sides. They're like, oh, we're going to sink, we're going to sink. Where's Jesus? Uh He's downstairs taking a nap. He's taking a nap. So everybody say rest. Here's another critical reason that we need to honor a day of Sabbath. Everybody say remember. Deuteronomy chapter 5. You may not know this. The Ten Commandments are actually given more than once. It's given again in Deuteronomy chapter 5. There's another telling of the Ten Commandments, but there's a little bit additional information about this fourth commandment I want you to see. So go to Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 12. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. You got six days a week to do your ordinary work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your oxen, donkeys, other livestock, and any other foreigners living among you. All your male and female servants must, everybody say rest. Must rest with you. But now, verse 15 introduces another principle. Remember, if I say remember, that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with His strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest 
on the Sabbath day. Sabbath day. I got some good news for you. While you're resting, we're reminded to remember that the Lord our God brought us out of the land of Egypt. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of you right now, you ought to just stop right now and say, thank you, God, for bringing me out of Egypt. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to remember that we are redeemed. That's why Sabbath is so important. That's why observing a day of worship is so important. We need to remember that God has brought us out. God told him in Deuteronomy, he said, you were slaves in Egypt. You didn't get a day off. You didn't get to worship the way you wanted to worship. You didn't get to do any of that. So I want to remind you to take a day off every week and rest, but I don't want you to just rest. I want you to remember that I brought you out. I brought you out. This is why we worship, and this is why church is such an important part of your week. We need to remember. Now, I'm preaching to the choir today because you're here. But that's what God says Sabbath is all about. And it bothers me when believers can't take one day out of seven to remember what God has done for them and honor Him by giving Him some time in worship. Amen? You're in fellowship, God says, with me every single day. But there's one day that I want you to set aside. It's sanctified. It's holy. It's set apart from the rest of the week. That's what it means when he said it's a holy day. He set it apart from the rest of the week. And it's a time of rest. And it's a time of reflection. And it's a time of remembrance. It's a physical necessity for rest. But it's also a spiritual necessity for remembering. Each week you need to be edified. You need to be strengthened by the gathering together of the body of Jesus Christ. We come together. This is, old, this is Bible. This is in the New Testament. They started it off in the book of Acts. They came together to exalt the name of Jesus Christ and remember that he brought them out of Egypt. Look at Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. It says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And then verse 25, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Amen. Life, church, church family, believers, we've got to not neglect a day of meeting together. It needs, church needs to be a priority on our calendars, on our schedules. Come on, somebody. Somebody say amen. It's too important to just lay it aside. It's too important to just choose that as a day to get caught up on chores or little league or whatever. We need time to worship. Psalm 122 and verse 1, David said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Why did David look forward to the house of God? Because there's rejuvenation that comes by getting together with other believers. We need each other. The most important part of keeping the Sabbath is worship and remembrance. The act of tuning out the world temporarily. Folks, we're just here 90 minutes. 90 minutes. Time to tune out the world and to tune into God. Psalm 95 and verse 6 says, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Worship and remembrance bring into focus the most important things of life. And the tragedy is that many people on their day off, we just take the day off. 
and they use the Sabbath to take care of physical and emotional needs, but they ignore the spiritual needs. And by the way, before I forget to say this, when I'm talking about rest, when you're resting from your work, I just want to encourage you. I want to challenge this church right now. On your Sabbath day, on your day off, try to the best of your ability. You won't be able to do it every time. But try to rest from whatever your normal work responsibilities are. And for everybody, that's different. But try to take a break one day a week from whatever your normal work responsibilities are. But we've got to have time to worship. See, I'm going to tell you right now, worship is the most important thing that you can do on Sunday. Amen? Or if we had other service times to gather at, amen, which one day I pray will grow enough to where we can offer uh, alternative service times. I'd love to have a Saturday night service for the people that can't be here on Sundays, amen? Well, I thought you said Sunday was a Oh, you missed it already. <laughs> Doesn't matter what day it is, but we need time to worship. God became a man, he lived without sin, he endured temptation, he went to the cross, he suffered and he died in our place for our sins, he got buried, he got up three days later. That was a lot of work to atone for our sins. And Christianity doesn't teach us that we work for our salvation. Jesus did the work for us. And we got to trust in his finished work. That's why on the cross, you know what he said? It is finished. The work is done. Hallelujah. And once the work is done, all that remains is that we trust in His finished work. So everybody say rest, remember, and then the third thing I want to say as I'm getting ready to wrap up is we need to renew. Renew relationships. Coming to church and honoring Sabbath also allows us to renew our relationships with other believers, God's people. You know, sometimes we get so busy that we have time for things and not for people. We're busy working on the house, working on the car, working on the job. We forget about people. And I'll tell you what, there's only one thing you're going to take with you into the kingdom of God, and that's the people of God. Don't forget that. There's only one thing going with us to heaven, and you're sitting next to them. You're sitting next to them. You're sitting next to them. Not your job, not your 401K, not your house, not your car, not your pretty clothes. None of that. And so why don't we invest more in the thing that we're taking with us? Amen? Jesus died for people, not for things. Jesus died for the church, not for this building. Amen? Jesus can replace things, but he cannot replace people in your life. And you know what else we can renew on the Sabbath? We can renew our relationships with our family. I want the praise team and musicians to come on up. Everybody say family. You need to include time for family on your Sabbath day. Do you want to live a long time? Relax and enjoy your family. It's not wasted time. Amen. God says it's important time. It might be Sunday dinner. Might be a trip to the park. Might be going to King's Dominion after church. Everybody say you said after. Yeah, you live close enough. Go after church. It might be hanging out. Might be watching football. Might be watching a video with your kids. Might be playing a board game. Going to the movies. Going to the mall. Might be doing some household chores together. 
See, that's not your regular work. Family. You need to have some fun. You need to make some memories. I have a, I have a favorite television program, and one of the things I love about the program is that in every episode they show the family sitting around the table having Sunday dinner. And they talk, sometimes they argue, sometimes they bicker, sometimes they fight. But they made a commitment to say, we're going to get together every Sunday for dinner as a family. Family. Have fun, make memories. Jesus was fun. You want some proof? Whenever he showed up, kids flocked to him. You want to know fun people? Kids will show you who's fun. Either he was fun or he had a lot of candy in his robe. That's all I know. <laughs> he must have had a lot of candy in his pockets. Let's all stand. Sabbath. Sabbath. I want to challenge you as a church family. Take time to rest. Take time to rest. Oh, there's so much I could be doing. Yep. Do you, want to pro, do you want to prolong your life? You want to know, Eddie can tell you this. You want to know how you keep a car running? You got to change the oil. You want to know how you don't have to buy tires every 30,000 miles? Rotate the tires. Check the air pressure. Turn the car off. Nothing can run forever. I actually, I looked this up because I wanted to make a point, but there wasn't enough proof to make my point. So, But I looked it up because there's this question, Gary, that all the computer people have. Does your computer last longer if you shut it off every night or if you just let it go into sleep mode? I, I couldn't determine an answer. I've always maintained shut it off every night, but I can't prove that. But you know what? I can tell you this about the human body. If you don't rest, you will break down. It's not wasted time. It's not wasted time. So whatever day is your day off, everybody say rest. Whatever day is your Sabbath that we take time to worship, everybody say remember. We need to remember. Can I challenge you? Make church and worship a priority in your life. Don't just brush it to the side. It makes the entire rest of the day better. And if Sunday's going to be your Sabbath day, now you do what works for you. Go home, shut your phone off. Don't check the email. Hang out with your kids. Invite your friends over. Do a game night. Do something. Amen. But let your batteries recharge and rest. Mark chapter 2, verse 27. These are Jesus' words. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Jesus said, I put this in place all the way back in the beginning. They thought it was all about the rules and the regulations and all the stuff you have to do and you can't do. They thought it was about turning off refrigerator bulbs and pushing elevator buttons. Nope. Jesus said, I put this in place because I knew how crazy life was going to be. And you need a time of rest and renewal. And you need to take time to remember me because there's going to come a day when so many things are competing with me, with him, 
We have to take that time. Matthew 11, 28 through 29. For those of you who are not Christians, I want you to realize this. Your rest, your true rest, can only be found in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, come to me, all of you, all of you, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. So I'm going to open this altar right now. And in the words of Jesus, Matthew 28, here's an altar call from Jesus. Put up verse 28, if you will. Come to me, all of you who are weary. Is there anybody in this room that's weary? Step out from where you are right now. Don't be embarrassed. Come on. Step out from where you are. It might be physical weariness. It might be spiritual weariness. Come on. It might be emotional weariness. Come on. Step out from where you are. Jesus said, come to me. Is there anybody in here you're carrying a heavy burden? Don't be embarrassed or ashamed. Step out from where you are. Jesus said, come. Come to me. Come to me. I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to give you rest. Come on, even believers, as believers, sometimes we need rest because we get discouraged, we get distracted, we lose sight. I want you to lift your hands right now. Let's begin to pray all over this house. Come on. God, I want you to give us rest. 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 Allow God to fill you today. Allow God to renew you. Allow God to refresh you. Come on. Some of us, we need to find a place of balance in our lives. Find a place of balance. Ask God to help you to draw boundaries. Come on, that's it. That's it. Let's pray. Let's begin to pray. Pray for one another.